This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, December 16th, where your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing today? I'm doing good, buddy. Um, it is uh, another fun day here in the year 2020, man. How are you? <laughs> doing well, doing well. It's hump day. It's the middle of the week. I uh, did want to remind people uh, a couple programming notes. Tomorrow we will be doing a best of, a replay. Uh, Tony's got a little work conflict, so uh, there will be no new show tomorrow, but there will be one on Friday. And then next week, obviously, we're into the Christmas week, the Christmas holiday. Uh, we will not be doing new shows, but we'll be running uh, best ofs all of next week. So uh, a couple programming notes there. But uh, in the meantime, you so get you us get for today. One more. Exactly. One more episode this week. I wish I could do it tomorrow. I just unfortunately... Uh, I have to I have to do what we call the clopen where you uh close and then you turn around and you got to open the next day because <laughs> yeah, I have some meeting to be Ooh. at so I don't envy oh, it's you. It's going to be tell. rough. Talk about being tired. That one's going to be one of those rough ones. There will be no me sitting casually with tea. Right. <laughs> no, in fact, uh, I get the joy of sleeping in a little bit, but Tony's got to wake up early and drive all the way down to uh, Denver. So, uh yeah, he doesn't get uh <sighs> No break no, for Tony, no, but... Uh, no rest. No, no. It might actually be a uh, uh, look for a hotel down that way. There you go. That's now, probably a good hey, idea. You know, worst case, if I could get down there, it uh, doesn't seem like it's too far from that In-N-Out burger over there. Yep. Yep. Well, folks, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question from my co-host. Tony, I'm going to ask you to put on your hypothetical hat and say, God forbid you were hit with some sort of debilitating disability um, or you all of a sudden became elderly. What would you say would be the most embarrassing part of having somebody else take care of you? Oh, pooping yourself. I poop my pants. You can play that sound by. It's always good. Oh, I've got it somewhere around here. Oh, there it is. I poop my pants. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine, like, being uh, older and uh, having that, like, really uh, good-looking nurse? Because odds are, I'm going to probably be that flirty old bastard at uh, 
at, at a certain age, you're like, oh, yeah, when I can watch, I used to talk to a lot of you young little girls, whatever, <laughs> and then poop in your pants. So, yeah, I'd say hypothetically, being old, that it, it's, you know, I know that comes with the territory when you're in the, the, how, the nursing homes and stuff, so. Well, uh, while for you and me, that would probably be the most embarrassing thing, and for most people, not the case for this guy. A New Orleans judge has sentenced a man who admitted to tricking women into changing his diapers by feigning disabilities to five years of probation, according to court records. Rutledge Diaz IV must also maintain employment, undergo internet addiction counseling, stay off social media, and complete 400 hours of community service. Ad hoc criminal district court judge Hunter Harris ordered Monday. The guilty plea puts an end to a strange criminal saga that came to light in November 2019 when Louisiana State Police arrested Diaz for convincing a series of women to change his diapers. Diaz had posed on babysitting apps as the brother of a man named Corey with mental and physical disabilities. He convinced the women to treat Corey, in in actuality Diaz himself, as if he were a child. At a court hearing after his arrest, two women spoke of their sense of betrayal when they found out that Diaz did not suffer from the disabilities he claimed. I used to believe that almost everyone in the world was inherently good. In this case, I was wrong, one of them said. Diaz's lawyer said he did suffer from mental health and substance abuse problems. He described his actions as a response to childhood sexual trauma. Uh, Still, though, taking advantage of women to change your diaper, of all things, uh, something's not right there. And, uh, you know, I'm a little surprised that he's not going to jail. He's just uh, essentially just under probation. Yeah, that's a that's a weird one for sure. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, there's a lot of weirdos in this world, so uh, that's definitely one of them. Yeah, we all like to think that people are inherently good, but uh, the sad reality is that sometimes that's just not the case. Just not the case. Yeah. Now you know what is inherently good is our show today. We have a wonderful show lined up. It is Wednesday. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? Hump day, yeah. It is hump day. As we do on Wednesdays, we've got Words Are Hard. We have a segment called A Lump of Coal. Our call-in topic today is the worst Christmas movies. We have a segment called Little Conspiracy Theories. We round out the day with This Day in History. And Tony is up next with the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, December 16th. Now we have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It is our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Uh, Maybe you've got a diaper change fetish. We want to hear about it. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, speaking of entertaining, Tony is here with the entertainment news.
Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, and December 16th, and here's your Filippo Fast Five. Uh, Netflix's Colin Kaepernick series is stricken with multiple positive COVID-19 tests. Guess they'll be taking a knee on that show. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Whitney Houston biopic will star the rise. Well, okay. Let me try this again. Whitney Houston biopic will star the rise of Skywalker's Naomi Aki. So, in accordance with the request made by Dave Chappelle, HBO Max is removing Chappelle's show from the streaming service at the end of the year, which I think is a cool move from HBO because Dave does not get paid anything. No residuals, no nothing. Got a real bad contract on that no, one. No, and they make a lot of money off of his stand-up specials, so uh, I could see why they would want to do that for him. Yeah, absolutely. So good stuff there. Dungeons and Dragons fans will be excited to know it's coming to the big screen, and Chris Pine is expected to lead it. So uh, it could be interesting. I will. I look forward to seeing a trailer or at least production or something. Right. And Destiny calls. Disaster awaits. Disenchantment Part Three is coming January fifteenth to Netflix. If you're a fan of that show, I would prefer a, a return to uh, Futurama. Oh, me too. That would get be awesome. me excited there. <clears throat> All right, so a lot of these will be uh, movie and TV-related entertainment news today. Uh, so yesterday, uh, Tom Cruise went on a loud, explicit, ridden tirade on the set of Mission Impossible 7 after two crew members were allegedly found breaking COVID-19 protocol protocols during the filming. The Sun published an exclusive audio recording that reportedly was taken from the MI7 set. In the audio, a voice that sounds distinctly like Tom Cruise can be heard laying into the crew members allegedly responsible for breaking protocol. While no details of the violation are given, there's a clear message that is communicated. If I see you do it again, you're effing gone. And if anyone in the crew does it, that's it. So... <laughs> I haven't heard the audio, so I don't know. I've got I a, hope it's as good as uh, when you're about to play. Yeah, I've got a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it's. You get nothing. You lose. <laughs> good day, sir. He sounds an awful uh, lot like Willy Wonka. It's very strange. Yeah, that is. That's. I thought that's who that was. I didn't realize that was a Tom Cruise clip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's strange. I thought you were gonna play this one. Oh. Oh, good for you. <laughs> that was a clip from Christian Bale's infamous uh, meltdown. Exactly. Um, so in larger excerpts of the recording, the speaker, allegedly Cruz, can be heard making the point that not only jobs and livelihoods of the entire crew are on the line, but the entire film industry as well. Okay. Oh, he says more. They're back in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. We are creating thousands of jobs, you mother efforts the speaker says that's it no apologies you can't tell it to the people that are losing half their effing homes because our industry is shut down um so um it says uh hopefully uh oh gosh my, i'm having a few technical difficulties scrolling and stuff ah <laughs> uh, geez uh, the speaker says the crew and the Mission Impossible franchise are the gold standard when it comes to movie making, and that what they do sets the tone for the rest of the industry. So good on him if uh, he's just trying to make a point. I mean, obviously, whether you believe it or you don't believe it, follow the just follow the protocols. You know, what you don't need to sit there and try to be a rebel, especially when it comes to. Uh, 
I could see him here making movies because that could cost a lot of people money. If it gets shut down because an outbreak happens, the movie gets delayed. Uh, people are going to lose their jobs because they're going to have to find something else. And then that's a, it's a domino effect, especially in the world of movies. I, and I could see his point to uh, getting frustrated. And you know what? Sometimes you got to be a little harsh. Doesn't make him an a hole. It just he's laying it down. So good on Tom Cruise for that one. Well, and that's the thing. You know, in California, so many businesses, so many things are shut down, and they've allowed Hollywood to continue filming as long as they follow the protocols. If they don't follow the protocols, that gets shut down. The rest of everything else gets shut down, and you know we're back to uh, movie releases and TV releases being pushed back another year. And uh, you know what? Entertainment is what is really sort of keeping us sane right now, um, being the fact that we're cooped up at home all day. Yeah, exactly. I kind of wish I was cooped up at home sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get what you mean with that. Um, well, fans of the Sanderson sisters will be stoked to know that Disney officially confirms Hocus Pocus 2. There had been rumors, and people have just been kind of saying it's going to happen. Well, it's officially hit the black black flame candle on Hocus Pocus 2, the sequel film to the 1993 cult classic. On Disney Investors Day Thursday, the company announced the long-awaited sequel, which has been rumored for years. It's officially in the works and will premiere exclusively on on Disney+. A projected release date for the film has not yet been announced, but um, it does say that uh, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy will all reprise their roles as the Sanderson sisters. Um, nothing that nothing says what the story will be about, but uh, my my thought is it'll be like more of a modern day reboot, if anything. Um, yeah, it'll but probably, we'll knowing Disney, it'll probably be it's, the same story, just rehashed in a slightly different way. Um, you know, I would assume that it's going to come out around Halloween time. And I think my only question to you, Tony, is were you the one who lit the black flame candle? I was, man. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> I wonder who they're all going to bring back and what it'll focus on. So that it should be interesting. Yeah. Um, Marvel Studios has also announced that a Legends series is coming exclusively to Disney+. Plus. Uh, With this one, uh, I always should not read the headline first because then the first, like, two sentences... Is essentially the the headline. Yeah, I should just read that. Um, Basically, it'll have the most iconic moments from the MCU one character at a time, starting with Wanda Maximoff and Vision, the two stars of WandaVision, which is set, set to premiere Disney Plus next month. The first two episodes of Marvel Studios Legends will dive deeper into the stories of Wanda and Vision and their interconnected path across the MCU. The opening episodes of the new Legends series will be added to Disney Plus on January 8th, 2021, exactly one week before WandaVision. 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 It's Words are Hard Wednesday, baby. <laughs> and uh, after that, the MCU supporting series will continue to release new episodes to feed directly into Marvel's upcoming Disney Plus slate serving as a refresher for fans while simultaneously setting the stage for future events. Um, I think that's pretty damn cool, actually. That's neat. It's um, sort of like uh, the one-shots. Remember, they were doing those for a while, and you know they would dive a little bit deeper into a character like the Mandarin um, or, or Peggy Carter, and uh, you know, ultimately it told a little story, and it sets up you know, little things about the MCU that uh, you know, maybe just be bridging a gap. For instance, with WandaVision, 
something weird is happening there. Maybe it'll help explain or set that up uh, for when that comes out. Right. And uh, I apologize. My uh, It's not the laptop. I don't know if it's the mouse or whatever is having issues. I had this right before the break where I was clicking on articles and then the mouse cursor would go away and I just replaced the battery. So I don't know what's going on. So give me a sec. <laughs> I have to... Technical difficulties. I have to actually go to uh, the phone and use uh, the next art for the next article. So the funny thing uh, is that during the break, and you know we can't hear each other during the break because the commercials are going on. But did I can, you hear me like get mad at it? I could see you in the video, just you know, <laughs> I was all, almost like yeah, flexing at the computer. Well, it just goes away, and it's like, ah, oh, you gotta be kidding me! Like nothing. I don't know why it's not working today, but I digress. The show goes on. You have backup here. Um, so I'm gonna put this right here so I can kind of just look at the look at the camera as well. Uh, so Lily James and Sebastian Stan will play Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee in a new Hulu show. Say uh, what? I certainly didn't see coming. Yeah, Deadline reported uh, that they'll play Pam and Tommy. Jeez. Okay, Tony, learn not to read the headline. Just read the first sentence. It's the same thing. Pam and Tommy will revolve around the couple's tabloid foddered relationship, including the scandal that emerged when their honeymoon sex tape was stolen and leaked to the public. Deadline added that Seth Rogen is expected to play the man who stole the tape. The eight-episode series will kick off production in the spring with Greg Giuseppe um, directing uh, from a script by Rob Siegel. Although the sex tape scandal will play a major part of Pam and Tommy, the series will largely focus on their whirlwind romance that started with them marrying after only knowing each other for 96 hours in 1995. Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee are not involved in this series, but they're aware of its, of its existence. Lily James was recently seen in, Re in Netflix Rebecca alongside Army Hammer and will next be seen in The Dig with Carrie Mulligan, which will debut in select theaters January 15th and then moved to Netflix on January 29th. As for Sebastian Stan, the actor will reprise his role for the Winter Soldier for the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which debuts on Disney Plus March 19th, 2021. So uh, that one should be an uh, interesting one. I wonder if they're going to give him a uh, Dirk Diggler-type prosthetic so he can uh, steer the boat. Oh, yeah. That, oh, was a, yeah. that was a weird thing. Did you ever see that? that video back in the Oh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I think it, I'm like, oh. I think if you were a teenage kid, it was a rite of passage to see that. Yeah. You didn't want, did not want to see the drummer of Motley Crue quite in that light, but uh, the dude does have a right to be braggadocious. So <laughs> that there he you, does. There you, there you go. Um, you got 50 seconds, so um, I could do a quick quick note because birthdays are small. Today, All right. So I'll squeeze one more in. Um, the, this morning, three games were stealth released onto the Nintendo Switch and Nintendo Switch Lite. These games you can read about below. No, we're not going to do that. I am Ron Burgundy. I should not uh, <laughs> read that. So basically, Burgundy. the games that snuck out were um, a game called um, Dicey Dungeons, which is a giant walking dice battle in ever-changing dungeon. Can you escape the cruel whims of Lady Luck? Okay, that <laughs> okay. doesn't seem very good. Nope. Uh, Coleco uh, is a day-in-the-life sim game where you import an adorable task. Uh, rebuild the town's cat cafe. Nope. Nope. That sounds terrible. <laughs> um, and lastly, uh, the other game is called Grind. Well, there's two games. I'll save the big one for last. Grindstone. It's a game of sword slashing puzzle battles from the award-winning studio behind Below. 
So it was an indie release yesterday. A bunch of indie games made the Switch. And then the one you were telling me about that your boys absolutely adore, uh, Among Us, an online and local party game of teamwork, uh, betrayal of four to ten players in space. So now you can play that on the Wi-Fi. or uh, Yeah, play it locally Wi-Fi, but you can play it on the Switch now. So that's cool um, yeah that's I a fun that game should be exciting for the boys take it on the go i mean you do it you have it on mobile anyways but yeah but even with the yeah. switch i mean yeah, a little bit bigger screen and yeah just uh, it, it's a new way Absolutely. to play new way to play okay so sorry for uh, probably one of the roughest entertainment news is uh i've had to put on the show yet not not a big fan of today's segment but hopefully you enjoyed it we'll roll on to the whopping two Yep, two birthdays. It's my birthday! birthday! Alright, the only punny one I could do, because the other one is just not punny enough for me. Uh, don't trust the don't trust this bee in apartment 23, because she's a, le- a legit badass that can throw you through walls. Miss Jessica Jones, aka Kristen Ritter, is 39. Do you know she's a 1981 gal? Oh yeah. yeah. I knew I knew we liked her for a reason. Four days before Team my 81. birthday. Yep. Yeah. Benjamin Bratt, uh, actor known for his role on the series Law and Order. He later played a doctor in the drama Private Practice. He's voiced Eduardo in Despicable Me. And he was also in Ride Along. And he was also in Doctor Strange. That he was. He is 56. And that is your celebrity birthdays for today (laughs) on December 16th. Happy birthday. Well, folks, that does it for the entertainment news. And if you couldn't tell from the entertainment news, words are hard, which is our segment coming up next. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these messages. After these messages. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, December 16th. Now we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio of course with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four or on Instagram at Tony.sanfilippo81. Now, being that it's Wednesday and a, uh, a phrase that has come up many, many times, which is obviously the reason we do this segment, words are hard. <laughs> that sound by every week. Hilarious. I love, I love it. Tony, if I told you or asked you what an onomatopoeia is, would you be able to tell me? I would not. I've heard <laughs> the word before, but I would not know how to tell you it. So an onomatopoeia is a word that uh, basically the name comes from the sound of the word itself. So, uh, you know, it's most commonly known as sound words like pop, crash, boom, or bang. 
But we're going to go ahead and explore some of the uh, other onomatopoeias that have come about and uh, where those originally came from. So uh, let's head on into our Words Are Hard. <laughs> the first onomatopoeia, word that sounds like the word it's describing, is cough. There's no record of what the Old English word for cough was, but etymologists agree that it probably has its origins in an ancient Germanic word along the lines of kok or kork, pronounced the same harsh sound as the end of bach or lock, which was presumably meant to echo the sound of someone clearing their throat. So when you say the word cough, <clears throat> it's supposed to mimic the sound cough, hence an automatopoeia, which uh, just makes you know words that much stranger and... Uh, Obviously, I think they did that for the reason of uh, making it a little more understandable for people to uh, eventually get down. So, uh, yeah. Did you know any of that about cough tone? Did not know. How about learning, learning some new stuff here, man? Yeah, you know, we're not all about laughs and giggles. We like to uh, educate you, you as like well. Learn, here. Yeah, you like to learn a little here on the show. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Well, let's move on with words are hard. <laughs> if I was to ask you, Tony, of a bird with a name that sounded most like the sound that it makes, what would you say? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> well, you could have guessed any number of birds, but uh, owl, for instance, was originally oule in Old English, and it's that long oo sound at the beginning that suggests the owl's name was probably originally meant to imitate its hoot. Other birds with onomatopoeic Ooh, names... <laughs> Other Ooh, onom onomatopoeic names, the rook, the cuckoo, the chickadee, the hoopoe, the whoopoorwill the killdeer, the bobwhite, and our next one, the turtle dove. So for instance, uh, the turtle dove or the turtle in turtle dove has nothing to do with marine reptiles and everything to do with the cooing noise that the birds make. It's a derivative of the dove's Latin name, turtur, which is meant to represent their call. So uh, in tur -tur. this- yeah, in this uh, age of, not age, but these days of the you know the holidays and the 12 days of Christmas, when you're thinking two turtle doves, well, now you know where the name turtle dove comes from. Partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> Let's move on with words are hard. <laughs> Our next onomatopoeia is a uh, word of something we like to try and do here for you guys, the listeners and watchers every day. The word is laugh. Dozens of words describing different kinds of laughter like guffaw, giggle, snicker, cackle, and chortle are onomatopoeic, but most etymologists agree that the word laugh itself is probably representative of the sound of laughter. It's apparently a particularly ancient formation, too. The similarities between the words for laugh in languages as diverse as English, Icelandic, ancient Gothic, and even Sanskrit suggest that laugh might even have Proto-Indo-European roots. Boy, that was a lot of words to say. That was, that, that was a lot of hard words just in that. Yeah, yeah. You know, luckily for me today, words are not that hard. So, <laughs> No, that's a good thing. So it makes, makes things a little bit easier, especially when our topic is onomatopoeia. I mean, that's a hard enough word to say all in itself. Onomatopoeia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on with words are hard. The next onomatopoeia is fanfare. 
English speakers have been using the French borrowing fanfare to refer to a brassy, flourishing tune since the early 1600s. Although its exact etymology is disputed, both of its two likeliest origins are onomatopoeic. The old French verb fanfarer means to play a fanfare, was perhaps meant to represent the sound of the flourish itself, and alternatively, the Arab uh, Arabic word farfar, meaning chatterer or gossiper, which was meant to replicate the sound of prattling conversation. I don't know if it necessarily means that second one, but, uh, you know, fanfare, and especially, you know, if you are a fan of uh, Star Wars, you know those John Williams scores are basically just full of that fanfare, that big, bright, brassy sound that, uh, you know, as soon as Star Wars opens up, it is that fanfare. And so, uh, you know, it's a word that sounds like what it actually is. All right, let's move on with our onomatopoeias, and words are hard. (laughs) Here's one that, uh, ooh, I like this word. The onomatopoeia is moan. No one is quite sure where the word moan came from, and given that its earliest meaning seems to have been something general like lamentation or sorrow, it's possible that it's derived from the same root as mean. An alternative theory, however, suggests that it's an echoic word somehow meant to represent the sound of moaning in pain or anguish. Uh, I like the more positive meaning of moan, if you catch my drift. All right. (laughs) All right. Uh, Here's one that uh, the word's about as annoying as the pest itself. This onomatopoeia is mosquito. Borrowed into English from Spanish in the 16th century, the word mosquito has its origins in the Latin word for fly, mosca, which is in turn thought to derive from another ancient Proto-Indian European root, moo or musk. Some etymologists have suggested that this root might originally have been intended to represent the droning or buzzing mmm sound of flies and other insects and point to the initial Mm -hmm. m sound that found its way not only into Latin, but into languages like Sanskrit, Greek and English as evidence. And mosquito is, uh, you know, I, I think the world would be a much better place without uh, that one single insect. But of course, we couldn't bring the dinosaurs back if we didn't have them. So, uh, you know, there's the good and the bad. Yeah, you got to take the good with the bad for sure on that. <laughs> and then finally, in words are hard. Beep. If I was going to say Australian musical instrument to you, Tone, what comes to mind? The oboe. <laughs> Close. It looks like an oboe. The didgeridoo. Merriam- didgeridoo, didgeridoo, down under the little dunkaroo. Those are the ones that sound like... Uh, okay. Yeah. Merriam- down it out, back steakhouse. <laughs> Gorgie. Get a blooming onion today. Well, Merriam-Webster has traced the earliest record of the word didgeridoo back to 1919. That might seem a relatively recent date given how ancient an instrument it is, but that's because the name didgeridoo is likely a Western invention coined by English-speaking Australian explorers and settlers sometime around the turn of the century, meaning it's presumably a representation of the instrument's bizarre resonating sound. The name didgeridoo apparently isn't used in any of Australia's aboriginal languages, all of which have their own words instead. And so, uh, 
You know, didgeridoo is just a fun word to say. I recommend that you all try it. And folks, we're going to head into our break, head into our next segment, which is lump of coal. So while we're gone, go ahead and practice that didgeridoo. (laughs) And we'll be back in just a few. We'll see you guys in a couple minutes. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. We are back, folks, for the fourth and final segment of the first hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on Wednesday, December 16th. But don't fret, there's still plenty ahead with our second hour, including our interactive topic of worst Christmas movies. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends because sharing is caring, especially in this time of year. It is Christmas. And uh, this segment, which we've titled Lump of Coal, talks about entitled, spoiled, or just plain unlikable people around Christmas that uh, really deserve more of a lump of coal than whatever you end up getting them. Tony, anybody in your friends or family that uh, fall into that category of just ungrateful little bastards no no not in my not in my circle no i can think of I... one little boy in your circle that uh, might fall under that uh tried to stab oh, you with a well, knife yeah before. he's not really in my circle but i guess he is but yeah that one yeah he deserves a lump of coal for sure oh he deserves thanks a lot for more reminding than that. me of that he was definitely not on my mind that's for sure <laughs> yeah luckily in my uh immediate surroundings family friends you know there's nobody along those lines but uh, you know occasionally you do bump into those people that uh, again they deserve that just lump of coal because they are awful awful human beings so uh, let's go ahead and get to some stories of people other people who deserve lumps of coal and uh, we're going to go ahead and play this soundbite in between for our transitions disappointed good old kevin sorbo love that sound bit all right uh, first up this from user Leoness13 says, We gave gift cards to my rich kid cousins who rolled their eyes and said they had drawers full of them. I suggested to my parents that next year we make a donation in their name instead. And let's see how ungrateful they are then. Because, uh, you know, people love gift cards. Yeah, I've got drawers with gift cards in them that I've either never used or I've used a portion of them. But I've never been been ungrateful about them. I always appreciate, uh, you know, that somebody went to the thought of getting me something that I think I might enjoy. Exactly. You know, I was cleaning, uh, I was going through my wallet looking for uh, my Kohl's card. Uh, Apparently, I don't have that card anymore. I mean, I still have an active account, but I went to go purchase some gifts. And uh, I could have saved more if I was using the Kohl's card. I would have got like an additional percentage off. Couldn't find it, so I had to pay the just the regular discounted price. But uh, um, during that, I found like an old the uh, old Chicago gift card. I don't know if I've used it or not. But Interesting. Like, oh damn! Is All there right. an old is there an old Chicago near you? Yeah, just right down the street. Hey, it's worth a try. 
get yourself some lunch, some pizza. Yeah, mm, so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, an old Chicago card, man. <laughs> All right, let's move on with our lump of coal people who deserve Disappointed! it. Disappointed! This from user Una's mom says, I was at a Christmas Eve party where the kids of the family that was hosting got mad. They couldn't open any presents yet, so they proceeded to throw their wrapped gifts into the fireplace. They got about five or six gifts into the fire before their dad stepped in. It was one of the most outrageous things I've ever witnessed. At that point, I just take all their gifts away. How spoiled can you be that, you know, because you can't open it now, nobody's going to enjoy any? Right. Awful, awful it's little kids. Simple. Awful kids. All right. Uh, let's keep moving on with uh, people who deserves the, deserves <laughs> deserve that lump of coal. Disappointed! This one from user Colleen D9 says, My mom made homemade gifts from my dad's sisters one year, but they scoffed and said handmade gifts were cheap and worthless, and they wanted something better next time. Again, sometimes handmade gifts can be the most personal, the most thoughtful things that you can receive, especially if maybe somebody doesn't have a lot of money to spend on expensive gifts or you know things along those lines. You know, if it's a handmade gift, if it's sweet, you know, again, we, we've said it multiple times this week. It's the thought that counts, and it, it really truly is. Right. It, well, and that that is. you Like yesterday, I got something as simple from a coworker. I just got like a little Christmas mug. It was awesome, you know. It, is it my style? Is it my geeky, nerdy mugs that I sip tea out of? No. But it was, it was still really just the thought that that employee thought to get me a gift and it was great, so I appreciate it, so thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fun. It's a thoughtful little gift. Well, let's move on with people who deserve that lump of coal in their stocking. Disappointed! This from user Raven Clark says, I had a friend in high school who got the car she wanted with a custom paint job for Christmas. She pushed me to come over and see it after my family finished Christmas morning. She bragged for a while, then spent ages criticizing her other gifts, including a massive pile of clothes, and yelled at her mother because her Uggs weren't the right size. I was Uggs. so embarrassed to be there. I'd be embarrassed uh, to wear Uggs. Uh, I don't know about yeah. you. But <laughs> you don't wear Uggs? I don't wear Uggs. No, no. I'm not a uh, 21-year-old uh, Southern California girl. Hey. You know who used to wear Uggs was uh, Ashton Kutcher in uh, The Ranch. Oh, seriously? Yeah, his character did. Oh, okay. It's funny. Uh, I'm sure they poked Sam Elliott would give him so much crap for it. <laughs> I love Sam Elliott. Great show, by the way. I, that was unfortunate. I know we talked shows the other day. That show, I wish that one would have ended a little differently, too. Interesting. All right. Well, let's move on with uh, people who deserve a lump of coal in their stocking. Disappointed! This from user ClumsyFoo94. One year, my cousin, after he'd opened all of his own gifts, started opening everyone else's gifts, too. When I tried to stop him, he screamed bloody murder. My aunt said to let him because he was a baby and didn't know better. He was five. He knows better. You know, some He knows. Yeah, some kids are just pure, pure brats. And I would assume that that would be something that the uh, little kid in your life, Tony, would probably do. Only take it one step further, grab a knife and threatened to cut a bitch yeah <laughs> me will cut you <laughs> you know i've had two little kids threaten to cut me with a knife really in my lifetime yeah my little niece but hers was cute 
She had a little plastic knife, and she just looked at me, and she goes, me will cut you. <laughs> and she didn't mean it maliciously, but right. I think she's just being funny. I was like, yeah, probably not. The other one said he was straight going to stab me. And, and I thought I was going to have to kick Chucky in the face. <laughs> uh, small side tangent. Have you ever seen the crab with the, uh, the knife in its claw? <laughs> the viral video it, it's hilarious well worth checking i'll out. have to watch it no i i'm picturing a crab with a knife and it's in its little claw it's adorable and terrifying you. all at the same time all Mr. right your crabs <laughs> let's move on with uh, kids and people who deserve uh, a lump of coal in their stocking disappointed Having worked in the automotive industry in Southern California, I ran into this one quite a bit. This from user Donne says, A daughter of a business friend refused a new gold Mercedes convertible because she told her parents, You knew I wanted a black one. Really? You're going to turn down Uh, a brand new Mercedes convertible because it's not the right color? Has the planet gone mad? You know, nothing would piss me off more than if you got somebody a good gift and they said something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm fine, you don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, I'm... Did you t- notice, like, uh, uh, you know, I've seen this happen to kids, uh, like nieces and stuff, like at Christmas, where they, they complain, oh, I don't want this, and then, like, the parent just takes it away. No, but I do. <laughs> like, it's weird. You can't win, they don't. No. It's like... They're pissed because it's not what they wanted. And then you go to take it away, and they're even more pissed. So, <laughs> In that case, what I do uh, more than just take the car away is I exchange it for a Geo Metro and just uh, oh. give that girl the, the Geo Metro. There you go. You, hey, you have your choice, sweetheart. You can have a Geo Metro or a Daewoo Lanos. I can save a ton of money. I can get you either one. Hell, I can get you both if, you really, if you're really good. You can have both. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, you've lost out on this one. But well, you could double your stakes there. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, let's move on with our lump of coal recipients. Disappointed! This from user Taylor W for CCB59FCA. Oh, such an original name. My sister threw a tantrum when my parents bought more presents for my newborn son, their first grandchild, than they did for her. She counted only 11 for her, and he had 13. How dare he get two more than she did? Awful. Awful. Ooh. Mm. All right. Let's move on with our lump of coal recipients. Disappointed! This from Anahi V says, My boss told me that they had to go to the Apple store after closing to return the iPhone 8 her nephew's parents had bought for the child after he cried all of Christmas Day because he wanted an iPhone X. How dare you get me the last model of the iPhone? Terrible. How dare you? Absolutely terrible. Dare you. And then finally, with our lump of coal recipients. Disappointed! We have user Taylin Gabby, who says, My childhood best... Gabby Gabby Noodles. My childhood best friend threw a three-hour crying fit when her high school boyfriend proposed to her on Christmas. The reason? The ring he proposed with wasn't the one she wanted. How dare you? How dare him? Well, how dare you folks for leaving us, if you do during the break. Come on, Don't back. you dare! We still have plenty ahead. We're headed into the long break, but when we come back, it is the interactive portion, and we're talking worst Christmas movies ever. Worst, Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few.
Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Gentlemen, I wash my hands of this weirdness. everybody to the second hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, December 16th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing? Did you get uh, thoroughly hydrated during the break or just uh, hunker down and, and get some uh, stuff ready for uh, your big day? Yeah, just uh, got some stuff ready. Didn't go make the smoothie. Uh, <clears throat> just uh, relaxed and... Uh, yeah, I got some stuff prepped. Listen to commercials. So it was a longer seven-minute break than it uh, normally goes. Normally it goes quick, and I don't hear the commercials. I just hear <laughs> when it's time to get back on the air, it kicks on. Uh, but we have a lot of uh, a lot of fun ads there. Yeah, you know, I... I cool, 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 cool. little behind-the-scenes stroke. For- a little behind the scenes for people. I uh, typically mute it for Tony so that way he doesn't have the commercials in his ear. But as we're ready, getting ready to go back, I realized that uh, I had not muted it. So Tony got the joy of uh, the news and, and everything that you guys get to no, hear. Tony no, got to no hear. big deal. It was good, man. <laughs> Well, in any case, this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, on our topic of the day. And this is why we solicit the topic the day in advance. Of course, uh, tomorrow, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, there will not be a brand new show tomorrow. Uh, We will be running a best of. Tony's got a little work stuff he's got to do, but we will be back. It's confirmed. I I do got to go down there. So I did get the text during the uh, break. So behind the scenes there is... uh, do the radio we do the radio show uh about 9 a.m my time so it's uh 8 a.m where you're at um and it runs to 11 then i got you know i got a little downtime before i go to work at 1 30 well tomorrow so i get out of work tonight at 11 then i gotta be down to dia we're outside of dia uh where our new depot will be Got to be there by 9 a.m. Uh, in the morning. So, which means I can't just roll out of bed, stumble and bumble, and wh- whip up a thing of tea. Like, I got to get up uh, super early, get dressed, and then haul my butt down down to Denver. So Yeah, for perspective, that's only 10 hours bef- between shifts. I mean, that's less than a lot of people sleep, let alone having to yeah. get home, wind down, go to bed, get up, get ready, and drive all the way down there. Yeah. I it's don't envy you, Tom. So it's a good thing we're not doing radio because I would be uh, worse than my entertainment segment today. <laughs> Doggy, that was bad. That was not a, not a good one. Although things are working now, of course. Why wouldn't they work later? So Right. But uh, with all that being said, we will not be doing a, a new show tomorrow. We will be back on Friday. And then all next week will be replays because it's, well, Christmas week. 
But uh, with that being said, uh, we do like to give you guys the topic the day in advance. But uh, at the end of the second segment here, we'll give you Friday's topic. So you've got two days to call in on that. Or you can chime in on two our Facebook page. This is a good day for you, sir. It is. Chime in on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K. Phoenix with an F. Radio, of course, with an R. Just click into the live video and comment there in the comment section. Our topic of today are worst Christmas movies ever. And I joked in the uh, little tease that I put up on social media that uh, anything from the Hallmark Channel could certainly be considered a terrible Christmas movie. But, uh, Tony, I wanted to go to you first to find out uh, what is your least favorite Christmas movie? Uh, There is... um... There's so many bad ones out there, right? Like, I had to actually do a refresher list and type in just a trigger. I'm like, what's the worst Christmas movie that I've that I've watched? And, you know, um, I've got I've got two, but I'm only going to give you one. I'll give you a second one if no one calls, like, if we don't have a lot of feedback because mm-hmm. I almost still time. Fair enough. But, you know, uh, Vin, the, the movie Fred Claus with, uh, with Vince Vaughn and Paul Giamatti – on paper, it looks like it's going to be great. It looks like it's trying to be in the spirit of Elf. and Because Elf was such a great hit with Will Ferrell. And mm-hmm. I even watched Elf uh, the other night again. And that holds up very well. Uh, Fred Claus was like... He was the brother of Santa. And he was a little jealous. But then he has to help save Christmas. And it's just not a good flick. Great actors, but... Uh, I think it fell flat. So for me, it's uh, Fred Claus, which I think was 2007-ish, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, not a great movie. And the funny thing is, it's funny that you bring it up. You know, yesterday we were, uh, you know, going through and looking, you know, what did we want to watch for the evening? And it was early enough that we could turn on a movie. And uh, Fred Claus came across, and uh, we were even debating, "Eh, do we try it just to see if maybe it's better than we remember it? Ultimately, we ended up skipping that altogether. Went with old school, still stayed with Vince Vaughn, but uh, skipped Fred Claus. That was a better one, yeah. Oh, because Vince Vaughn is great. I I dig the heck out of Vince Vaughn, but this was not one of them. I'd rather watch the one with him and Reese Witherspoon before the I'd watch Fred Claus. Four again. Christmases. Maybe that was Four Christmases. Yeah. yeah, that was that wasn't bad. I enjoyed that one for yeah. a rom com Christmas. Yeah, problem it's is better than any Hallmark one you're gonna get. Exactly. The problem with Four Christmases. Except Police Navidad. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That's hometown Carson City with with AC Slater, Mario Lopez. What could go what could go wrong? Directed by Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. So That's right. Clarissa explains it all. <laughs> uh, what I was saying is the uh, the problem with Four Christmases is that it's not available on any of the streaming sites. It's only Prime Video for rental or purchase. And I don't want to watch it that bad. So, No, yeah. But folks, we are talking about worst Christmas movies ever. Want you guys to chime in right now on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click into the live video, comment there with your pick for the worst Christmas movie. And when we come back, it is all about you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. 
We are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, December 16th. Now we are smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers. On the topic of the day, simply head over to facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R. Click into the live video and comment there with your pick for the worst Christmas movie ever. Now, before the break, we heard Tony's, which was Fred Claus, and uh, I would have to definitely put that up there. Um, we, we obviously jokingly said that uh, anything from Hallmark, Hallmark is terrible. I would even say Freeform as well, because those are pretty cheesy as, you know, as it gets. My pick for worst Christmas movie ever is probably because I loved the first one so much. I, I'm a big Tim Allen fan. I uh, love Home Improvement. We talked about Last Man Standing here recently, and I loved the Santa Claus. You know, the Santa Claus is just a fun, wholesome Tim Allen, a very Tim Allen uh, type of movie. And, uh, you know, watch it with the kids every year. And it's so much fun. They made a second one, which was okay. And then they made a terrible, terrible third one called the Santa Claus 3, the Escape Clause with Martin Short as Jack Frost. And uh, oh boy, it was just super, super disappointing. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. You but know. at that point, Charlie's like, what, 25? I don't believe in anymore. <laughs> what I was that? Change it because... Well, I'll tell you off air. I had to stop myself from saying something. Oh, you had to stop from so. saying ass because apparently ass is a bad word. Yeah, yeah, ass <laughs> is a bad word. Yeah. No, yeah, no. It's just I'll I'll text you off air what I almost said. So, okay. Uh, we'll just roll with that. Yeah, just go with it. There's a reason why I had to do that. So. Gotcha. So we are talking worst Christmas movies ever. Go ahead and comment now on the Facebook Live video. Tony, uh, on your end, has anybody chimed in on their pick for worst Christmas movie? <laughs> yes. So, dude. So first off, I've got I've got uh, <laughs> you're welcome, Lace. Um, Lacey's on here. Uh, she chimes in uh, a few things. Uh, Christmas with the cranks is pretty bad. Uh, so deck the halls, and so is deck the halls with Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. I agree. That was a crappy movie. I like Christmas barely with the remember cranks, that was okay but i did i watched it once i had jamie lee curtis and tim allen um didn't catch the magic but yeah deck the halls was the one where they were like competing neighbors of who could have the bigger christmas lights or who was the biggest believer in christmas that's right yeah terrible movie oh lacy <laughs> great call on that one that was awful well, and it's Oof. it's funny because, you know, there are these beloved Christmas movies, but for every one great Christmas movie, there's just a handful of terrible ones. And of course, everybody wants to be the next timeless classic. Honestly, I think the most recent classic is Elf. I, I can't think of anything since Elf that has surpassed that. Uh, just sort of in a, you know, for staple. For a modern of, day tradition uh, holiday yeah. flick. Exactly. I would agree. I would say from our childhood, uh, well, from our like teenhood, would be uh, vacation. That was, you know, that became a big staple. So that came out in the early nineties. It did, like, yeah. The early nineties, yeah. yeah. Still one of my. So favorites. that one was probably our teenage ones, and then, uh, you know, definitely Elf. Um, Lacey also says uh, Freeform's uh, Christmas in handcuffs was pretty bad, <laughs> and that had uh, that had Mario Lopez and Melissa Joan Hart, which I guess. 
doesn't bode well for my Feliz Navidad theory, even though I'm a homer and uh, it was taking place in hometown. So. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, another movie that's widely considered one of the worst Christmas movies all the time, but I've I've kind of have fond memories of Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad, where they're you know obviously looking for Turbo Man, that most beloved toy for each of their kids and the adventures they go on to get it. And uh, again, uh, it was really kind of a bad movie. But it was fun because, you know, we grew up as, you know, young teenagers, you know, older kids and and uh, when that came out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another one that's pretty bad. And it's funny, like, because I forgot about this until um, Lacey chimed in. Her mom said, Ernest Saves Christmas. Oh, my God. Bad. I forgot. It was terrible. <laughs> terrible movie. Know what I mean, Vern? Know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> Oh, man, that is so, so good. This is what we're looking for is bad one. Lacey, uh, or sorry, uh, Stacy chimes in. Uh, she tells me, uh, as, as she did say, all Hallmark movies are really bad, but she loves stupid B-rated movies, but she's got to say Santa Jaws. I Googled it. It's a real thing. Santa Jaws for Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. I've never seen it, but it looks craptacular is that along the lines of like sharknado or lava lantula maybe yes no we lose your tone yep apparently tony can't hear us anymore or no well here's the problem the whole technical difficulties i've been having the whole time during the show has to do with the mouse and and even the trackpad, I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know if it's the software that's not allowing me to use my cursor. So certain things I can't do. So when I talk, the damn Siri option is back up. So Siri <laughs> hears me, and then I can't hear what you're saying during – it's like right now, Siri has popped up, so I won't be able to hear you because I can't close it out. So, you, know, you know, Siri just sorry. wants to chime in with her favorite uh, pick for worst Christmas movie. That That's all. That's all. Uh, but moving on with worst Christmas movies, uh, A Medea Christmas. Now, I can honestly say uh. I've never seen it, but A Medea Anything is definitely at the top of the worst of whatever. I have no interest in I've never seen A Medea. I have no desire to ever see Medea. It looks, and I'm sorry, I'm not shooting on it. It, it could be really funny, but... I have no interest on it at all. I don't blame you. At all. Looks, it looks like dog crap. <laughs> I can say crap on this show, right? You can. You can even say ass. I can say ass? I know. It's, and I'm not going to get fined? It's amazing. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Those fines would add up, and I, they're not just double doubles. I don't pay in those. So. <laughs> uh, moving on with worst Christmas movies ever. This is one I know I've seen, but I don't remember a thing about it. Surviving Christmas with Ben Affleck and James Gandolfini. Do you remember that movie, Tom? No. I remember Reindeer Games, and then when you got to see Charlize Theron's. Charlize Theron's Theron's. Her Theron's. I was like, whoa! <laughs> I then realized that in the early days, you could kind of see him anywhere. So. <laughs> I digress. Merry Christmas. Surviving Christmas, huh? What was what was that one about? You know, honestly, I I don't remember. You know, it's uh, I know I've seen it. Probably why it made the biggest uh, worst Christmas movies there, huh? Totally, totally. Moving on, here's a movie I'd want to see just because of the camp factor. Made in 1964, 
Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. And uh, Stacy, if you like B-rated <laughs> movies, that's about as B-rated as you can get. Oh, you know one I was going to talk about, but I can't bring up the cursor. I, I got to read this to you because this was a bad one. And I do remember this movie coming out because I worked at the video store. Um, and, and it's a legit movie. It was a legit Christmas movie. Um, it's, uh, oh God, it's Santa with muscles with Hulk Hogan. What? Yes. <laughs> so he plays, I, I, I wish I had the, the cursor still up because I have the, is this thing going to work? God, what a pile of crap. Um, <clears throat> Anyways, I digress. It had the perfect synopsis of what it was. So it starred Hulk Hogan and Mila Kunis, like when she was a little girl. And uh, basically, he was a villain, and uh, he needed to. Uh, he ended up uh, taking the role of Santa as a hired bodyguard. Uh, it just uh, says, Blake Thorne, Hulk Hogan, is a conceited self-made millionaire who sells bodyguard, bodybuilding supplements and equipment that have his pictures on them. One day, while recklessly playing paintball, he is targeted by the police. He is chased to a shopping mall where he hides by putting on a Santa costume. He slides down a garbage chute to escape the police and bangs his head, resulting in amnesia. <laughs> Mistaken by Lenny at the mall, Santa, Blake, begins to think he really is Santa Claus. Meanwhile, the evil scientist, Ebner Frost, played by Ed Beagley Jr., tries to take over an orphanage in order to gain access to the magic crystals underneath it and dispatches his henchmen to destroy it. However, Blake, after discovering that being Santa has made him a better person, uh, manages to rescue the children, and his little elf helper is Mila Kunis. Boy, that sounds like a Mad Libs of a description. That is, wow. <laughs> right, like, how do you, even back then, like, you wonder, like, how do you even agree to do a movie like this? Like, someone pitches this idea. I got this idea, champ. You're going to be a thief, and then you're going to run from the cops, you're going to bang your head, and you're going to think you're Santa Claus. It's going to be great. It's going to kill it. We're going to call it Santa with muscles <laughs> where do i sign up brother yeah the, <laughs> let me tell you something dude uh that reminds me of a meme i saw this morning with hulk hogan it uh, said <laughs> at maury povich you know when he's pulling out and the dna results have have confirmed that you are not everybody's brother and then it shows a crying hulk hogan right. under it. <laughs> it's funny i just I saw that brunch, one too brunch dizzle shared that one there you go for the day and then finally dude it, in worst Christmas movies ever, I talked about the third Santa Claus movie. Well, you know, as beloved as Home Alone 1 and 2 are, Home Alone 3 just is a big pile of poop. It is... Uh, I don't know. It had Scarlett Johansson in it. Did it? I don't even remember that. Yeah, that was one of her first roles. She was uh, the teenage sister. Gotcha. It I, just looked awful. Like, they tried to recreate the first one with four villains this time. I 20-minute ruled that, and uh, I, I couldn't make it. Could not nope, do it. We got the old Paul Blartsky. I've actually never seen it, so I've I know what the box art looks like from working at a video store, and I know Scarlett Johansson in it, in it because I like Scarlett Johansson. So. <laughs> well, it's on there Disney Plus, Tony, so you can twenty minute rule it yourself and uh, you know try it out. Yeah, I'm good. Maybe you'll I like it. I trust you. If you're not watching it, and you and I have similar taste, I'm probably 
really good. <laughs> well, folks, that does it for the interactive portion of the show, the topic, worst Christmas movies ever. Again, as I mentioned, tomorrow will be a best of, but Friday when we come back, our call-in topic is last-minute Christmas gifts. What do you do if it's Christmas Eve? You've got to get those last-minute gifts. What do you buy? I know who's getting expired Christmas jerky this year. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, when we come back, we've got a segment called Little Conspiracy Theories. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, December 16th. Now we talk about it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever, including our call-in topic for Friday, which are the best last-minute Christmas gifts. And it's a voicemail. You know how it works. You leave a message after the beep. You don't even have to interact with a live human being. What more could nope. you ask for? Yeah, well, and you could even talk to a zombie if you if you did live call i think i perk up about that half point right there you go yeah <laughs> mouse don't work <laughs> the numbers Words are hard the number for the phoenix line is 855 phoenix radio that's 855 f-e-n-i-x r-d-o or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired all we ask is that you keep it entertaining we'll compile those together put them out in a future show now, in this segment, I wanted to talk about, well, you know, the Internet. The Internet uh, is such a wonderful thing in the wealth of information that it gives us. But with the existence of social media and everything that's really sort of going on right now, conspiracy theories just run rampant. I mean, it, yes, they do. it goes everything from aliens to political, you name it, there's conspiracy theory for everything. But there are people who subscribe to more uh, smaller conspiracy theories, for instance, things that aren't uh, quite earth shattering, but uh, things that just sort of blow their mind a little bit. Uh, Tony, for you, is there any conspiracy theories that uh, really come to mind that uh, you are a um, believer in? Um, aside from the crazy stuff? Um not that I can think of on the spot, unfortunately. Normally, I'm pretty quick with that stuff. But uh, no, I think there are certain things out there that touch things like, you know, that just don't make sense. You know, like I won't get into it or anything, but uh, <laughs> like uh, I'll just use uh, not to be controversial, but I'll use like 9-11, for example. Just the way the building fell, like when you go back and watch it, it's it's intriguing to me because it, it is it seems very odd. Some of the stuff you see, I'm like, I don't know. So, but I'm not going to go into any of that. I'm not, yeah. not like one of those big ones. Like, oh, it definitely was this. It just it, it's intriguing. It's weird. It's it, it kind of explains it could explain some stuff. But uh, it is funny when I have to say. When you mention aliens and stuff, why is it the first thing I picture is the guy with the wild hair? Like, the big conspiracy guy with the big eyes and the hair. I don't know who that is. The guy from Ancient Aliens? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, why do I always think that? Now, with aliens and all that stuff, I mean, those are obviously not conspiracies. I mean, 
I totally just believe in it, all that stuff. You know, mm. the universe is too big not to. And plus, they've been confirming it all. Like in the last year, they've been confirming a lot of it. So, <laughs> well, folks, grab your favorite lizard person, sit back, and we're going to run through some ah! little conspiracy theories. This one from user Murderous Rooster says, the first thing I thought of was that feeling you get when you're on top of a building and think, what if I jumped? Or when you're driving to think, what if I just swerve into traffic? Well, it's actually got a name, L'Appel du Vide, French for the call of the void. I always thought the idea of some ethereal presence calling you towards darkness was creepy. You ever get that tone? Yeah, I actually, when I worked at the business center, I, I, I'd never wanted to harm myself, but there were days where I just was like, man, could I just get into a wreck or can I just get a flat tire so I don't have to go there? Yeah. Like, that's how bad it got for me personally there where those kind of creepy thoughts thought in my head. And I'm like, ooh, what are you thinking? Like, don't get – but I always had the don't get hurt. Right. But the thing is with a wreck <laughs> – you're probably going to get hurt. So yeah, uh, yeah, not a good thought to have. So yeah, sadly I've had, I've, I've had the void pop into my head before. You want one of those safe wrecks. <laughs> yeah. Just, a, just, a, just one where, Oh darn, I can't go in today. You know? So those would be simple as uh sorry, my car broke down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on with little conspiracy theories. This one from user general Lee anxious says we've all pretty much heard of uncanny Valley, the creeped out anxious feeling when you look at something that's humanoid, but there's something clearly wrong with it. Like the wax figures at Madame Tussauds or the AI robot, Sophia. But my favorite theory to come out of it is that we get that strange feeling because somewhere along human of (laughs) human evolution, we've learned to be wary of things that look human, but aren't. Yeah, the wax figures are kind of creepy. They they're are cool. Yeah. But yeah. they're but they're creepy. <laughs> well, and that is part of human evolution, obviously. Uh, you know, it was uh, predator or prey, and of course we had to look for certain things in our environment, which is the same reason that we see faces in everything. You know, people see, you know, the Virgin Mary or Jesus in toast, or they see a face in the clouds. It's just that part of the brain that is looking for some sort of human feature. Gotcha. Oh, that's crazy. Let's move on. You see some cool stuff in clouds. Yeah. (laughs) Let's move on with uh, user PJB145. PJB! Says, more of a story than a theory, but it correlates to some of these and makes me think some could be real. And, of course, this sort of goes back to the theory that, uh, you know, there's a glitch in the matrix when there's deja vu. Says, when I was younger, I had this little stuffed animal I named Rocky. One night, my younger sisters and I, who all slept in the same room so we could hang out together, were messing around. And I two-handed, overhead-tossed Rocky into the wall directly in front of my bed. He hit the wall, slid down behind whatever was in front of my bed, and was never seen again. I immediately went to go get him, and he just wasn't anywhere. We tore the whole entire small room apart. We all saw the event occur. Over time, the room has been completely emptied out, everything in it rearranged, walls painted everything, and no Rocky. He just completely phased out of existence. Makes me think that he glitched out of the system or something along those lines. Wow. <laughs> that, one's, that one was, uh, that was different. Because I the glitch, I know we always joke with the glitch in the Matrix thing, because... I, I have deja vu, and it's not because I repeat the same thing daily and just dress different and 
but you know, I have <laughs> right. a routine. But there are times where, like, in fact, I had one two days ago at work uh, where everything that had happened, like from the conversation, it had happened before, but it led a different route the way the brain remembers it, but it, it went a different route. But leading up to that, and I go, oh no, like I've done this before. Like everything, I was like, I've done this before. Uh, and and it happened exactly how and it, it always freaks me out when yeah. I when I notice it I'm like holy crap this has happened it's the weird deja vu is the weirdest thing it is strange just be on the lookout for Agent Smith and as long as you avoid him you should be okay Mr. Yeah. Anderson all right mm-hmm. let's move on with little conspiracy theories this one from user Andy's brother Dan. Andy's brother, Dan. Apparently, Andy is an important guy. All right. uh, Says If you're scuba diving around a coral reef and you know that there should be fish all around you, but you don't see any, it's most likely that they have learned that that for some reason it's important not to be seen. And since you're a newcomer to this environment, chances are it's not you they're hiding from. The number of scuba scuba divers saying they've experienced this and then noticed a shark nearby is alarming. Scuba Yeah, if I'm out in the middle of the ocean and there's no fish around where there should be, you can bet I'm checking everywhere to make sure Jaws is uh, Santa Jaws isn't popping up somewhere. Yeah, Santa, you don't want no Santa Jaws. I mean, if he's got a Santa hat, he's probably extra more dangerous. because yeah. <laughs> he only comes he only comes every once in a while. <laughs> One once a year. All right, let's move here. Hey, he likes to do that. Let's move on with our little conspiracy theories. Here's one that I've heard before that uh, if it is something that is true, it's amazing to think of how that might actually work. From user Chucky T says, our world is our perception of our surroundings in our three-dimensional life. It's possible that we are living amongst beings, things, and events that we cannot experience because we are three dimensions and they are not. That's crazy. And that comes back to something else that I've heard recently that, uh, you know, obviously what we see is based on the light spectrums that our eyes can process. But there are so many other different light spectrums, UV light, uh, X-rays, radio waves, things that we can't see that, uh, you know, maybe animals can see, maybe other beings can see, but uh, we can't. And it would be crazy to think of if we could see all this stuff going on, how crazy our world would be. I agree. It's just, man, I never th- looked at it that way, but that's awesome. <laughs> and then finally, with a little conspiracy theories, this goes back to our discussion of aliens. From user Apple Zombie said, the Gaian bottleneck theory. Basically, the reason we've never encountered or encountered or been contacted by aliens is because they're all dead. Every alien species that evolved to form advanced societies eventually outgrew their planet and destroyed themselves, kind of like we are. <laughs> that thing makes me laugh, that sound bite. It reminds me of one of our early Phoenix episodes when we used it for, like, everything. Yeah, I think it was a haunted house that we talked about, and uh, it was fun. Yeah, I, I love that sound bite. It is funny stuff there. Well, folks, that does it for our topic of little conspiracy theories. When we come back, we're headed into the final segment of the show. That means it's time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages.
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks, for the final segment of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on this Wednesday, December 16th. Now, uh, where do I normally go with this? Oh, I talk about if you missed a portion of the show. (laughs) If you did miss a portion of the show or want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Mod- Man, he was a little excited. I could have just said, oh, yeah, I am. It would have been better. Yeah, it would have. We got the Macho Man remix. <laughs> Macho remix. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Folks, while you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always <laughs> have <laughs> the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. And tell your friends, because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. And... Especially this time of year. Back in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, as we like to do in the final segment of each show is drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. And that's not even the one that's uh, been given Tony problems all day, so... In any case, let's start off with uh, this day in 1577, Danzig surrenders to troops of Polish King Istvan Bathory. Boy, that guy was around forever before the mischief. <laughs> tell you people how to walk my way. <laughs> but to say what they do, mother. I assume uh, they don't mean Glenn Danzig, but, uh, you know. Yeah, they mean the misfits. You're a misfit? I like the misfits. (laughs) Let's move on. This day in 1653, Parliamentarian General Oliver Cromwell appointed as Lord Protector of England, Scotland, and Ireland. And I think I mentioned it before. He's the guy who tried to outlaw Christmas in England. What an evil, evil, evil man. Way to go, (laughs) Ahoy! Let's move on. This day in 1773. Oh, you may have heard this little uh, get-together. The Boston Tea Party. Sons of Liberty protesters throw tea shipments into the Boston Harbor to protest against British-imposed Tea Act. Most boring party ever. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm going to sit here with my yogi tea. That's right, because people who love are forgiving. That's what I'm going to put on my yogi tea. People who love are forgiving. So let's throw some tea in this and let's talk (laughs) this way. It's not Boston. At the very least, they could have exchanged secret Santa gifts. You know, just just made a, a real party out of it, right? Yeah, not a good party. Not a good so, party at all. Not a good party, nope. All right, uh, moving on this day in 1907, uh, as a gesture of U.S.'s new presence as a world power, President Theodore Roosevelt sends the Great White Fleet on a round-the-world cruise, visiting ports internationally, essentially just flexing our muscles and saying, look at us. Ooh. Good. This, Tiger, uppercut. this day in 1913, Charlie Chaplin begins his film career at Keystone for $150 a week. Boy, that guy was rolling in the cash. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, he talked a lot, too. Oh, I know. You just couldn't shut him up. Every movie. He was so chatty. And he rocked the Hitler stash before Hitler rocked the Hitler stash. And obviously, yeah, he did. There's a reason you don't see that uh, facial style anymore. Very good reason. No, you don't. Yeah, you don't see that one. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1918. Jack Dempsey Ooh. knocks out Carl Morris in 14 seconds. Right after saying, put up your Dukes. Because that's what they did back in the turn of the century boxing. 14 seconds? Yeah. That's you impressive. got knocked up! <laughs> speaking of knockouts uh, Tucker would say exactly speaking <laughs> of knockouts this day in 1940 Joe Lewis knocks out Al McCoy in six for heavyweight boxing title in Chicago not quite 14 seconds but still impressive yeah absolutely all right uh, this day in 1946 French fashion designer Christian Dior and his backer Marcel Boussac Found fashion house Christian Dior. How, how pissed was Marcel? He didn't even get his name in the company. Not at all? No, no. It's totally after uh, designer Christian Dior. And if you guys watch uh, TV with advertising, of course, right around now, Christmas time, those Dior commercials are everywhere. And with uh, Charlize Theron, who you uh, brought up oh, previously. Oh, yeah, my... Yeah, my little friend Charlize, baby. <laughs> All right. Let's move. Giggity, giggity, goo. Let's move on. This day in 1950, child, child star Shirley Temple announces her retirement from films at only age 22. Oh, little gumship lollipop. <laughs> Don't know what she did afterwards, but uh, in this little uh, thing, it says actress and diplomat. So I would assume she went into politics after that. Which is a weird animal crackers in my soup. (laughs) Big uh, Shirley Temple fan there, Tone? Nah, I just know a couple of them. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I've ever watched a Shirley Temple anything. Maybe when you were little. I know I did when I was little, but nowadays haven't sat through anything along those lines. Yeah, no, absolutely. This day in 1962, Lawrence of Arabia, film directed by David Lean and starring Peter O'Toole, is released in the U.S. Don't get it confused with Lawrence of Arabia because that is a very different movie. Very different. Rudro <laughs> Raggy. <laughs> this day in 1966, Jimi Hendrix Experience releases its first single, Hey Joe, in the U.K. Wonderful song, too. Hey Joe. Hey Joe. What do you know? Let's move on this day in 1969. Nice. Hello, Dolly with Barbara Streisand premieres. Jesse just recently rewatched that movie, and uh, I have zero desire to go back and see it, aside from the little bit that they show in uh, WALL-E on uh, uh, the Pixar movie. Rattle. <laughs> this, this day in 1973. Ready, down, punch. O.J. Simpson becomes the first NFL running back to rush for 2,000 yards in a season. Boy, that guy, I mean, cut through defenses like a knife. Yeah, he was he was really good. And I, I get what you say there. Hey-oh! It cuts like a knife! That was a good pun there, buddy. You get a... That was just good stuff. Much appreciated. <laughs> I mean, what he did was... Yowie-wowie! Yeah. But the joke was good. 
This day in 1985, John Gotti assumes leadership of New York's Gambino crime family after ordering the executions of Paul Castellano and Thomas Bellotti. And I think uh, John Gotti was probably one of the, one of the bit last big gangsters that uh, was pretty well known. Gotti, this is my friend John Gotti. Made me some pasta, bitch. <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> I don't know. That TikTok guy. Oh. Hey, let's make some, let's make some effing pasta, bitch. <laughs> ah, moving on this date in 1993, Shannon Doherty, known as Brenda, is fired from TV series Beverly Hills 90210. Um, uh, do you recall why she was fired? I heard, I, I'm going to keep saying the word, sorry, but I heard it was because she was bitchy and didn't get along well with the castmates at the end. She does now, but I heard she was pretty difficult to work with there. It could have either been that or a high, uh, a high salary demand. Could be. I don't know. But something bad happened. She was replaced by uh, Kelly Kapowski on the show. That's right. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, and she played Valerie on the show. Whoo, buddy. Because well, I already. I'm sorry. Tiffany Amber was uh, my. She was definitely my uh, teenage crush growing up. Oh, totally. Adolescence totally. love and. Uh, I was going to say about her, um, to quote Mallrats, I love Shannon Doherty and Mallrats, especially when she's looking at Willem when he's staring at the, the G-dang sailboat. <laughs> oh, it's a sailboat. Brenda? Dick. That's just a great line. <laughs> it's a schooner. Moving on this day in 2019, Mariah Carey's single, All I Want for Christmas is You, reaches number one 25 years after its release. I told Jesse the other day, I've only got so many of listening to that song during the Christmas season that uh, once I've reached the quota, if it comes on the radio, it's going off because I, I can only handle so much of it. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a limit to everything, and that is one. <laughs> and then finally, this day in 2019, Drew Brees breaks Pat, Peyton Manning's NFL record for career touchdown passes as new uh, the New Orleans Saints route the Indianapolis Colts 34 to seven. That record was 539 touchdown passes. At this point, virtually insurmountable. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, I know Brady's he wants to break it. I don't think he will. But then again, who knows? That guy keeps playing. Poor Breeze, though. I don't know much how much longer his poor career is going. He's still out with rib injuries. and I mean, they're at least in the playoff hunt, and they have a tough matchup this week against the Chiefs. That should be a good uh, a good uh, in- implication. That could even be a Super Bowl matchup. Exactly. Although you'll be seeing Taysom Hill versus Mahomes. Yep. But. And real quick, with just a few seconds left, let's hit up the holidays. And this is where I normally talk Tony chimes in. All right, it is Barbie and Barney Backlash Day. Uh, every day should be that because just yeah, because. B&B Day. Boston Tea Party Day, Day of Reconciliation, National Chocolate Covered Anything Day, and National Stupid Toy Day. Okay, folks, that does it for today's show. Again, Stupid toy, I hate it. I hate to take it back. We will not be doing a live show tomorrow. We will be back Friday, so enjoy your day off, and uh, we'll see you guys on Friday. See you Friday.